Hi, and welcome to the Family Business Podcast. I'm your host, Russ Hayworth, and in each episode, I will discuss and explore the key challenges facing family businesses today. As a family business advisor, I'm passionate about helping families to overcome the complex and unique challenges that come from being in business together. So if what I cover in the show resonates with you, I'm here to help, and I would love to hear from you. You can get in touch with me at fanbizpodcast.com forward slash work with Russ. You can also sign up to the newsletter there and receive the latest blogs, podcasts and videos directly in your inbox. I would like to thank my friends at the Institute for Family Business for their continuing support for what I'm doing with this show. The IFB is a unique community of family businesses with common challenges, interests, values and goals. To find out more about their work, visit ifb.org.uk. Let's get on with the show. Well, hello. How are you doing? Hope you are well. Uh, this week's show is an interview with a family business. It is um, with a couple of friends of mine called Steph and Gareth, who run an insolvency business called the Insolvency Company. And the reason I wanted to cover this topic is because we have obviously been through a um, very challenging period, uh, to say the least, in terms of the uh, economic situation and the ability for businesses to um, kind of do what they would normally be doing in in normal times. And so it may be that some of you are facing um, the possibility of your business not being viable as a result. And so with that in mind, I thought it worthwhile discussing insolvency and in particular, demystifying it and talking about it in a way I mean you'll get this from Gareth and Steph they talk about it in such a um, sort of approachable way um, that it is something that is you know stressful and scary but talking to people who have an understanding of uh, what the process is what your options are um, is actually a way of taking control back of a situation that you might feel as if you're a bit out of control on so I hope it's useful um, before we get into the interview itself um, just a reminder of the IFB's upcoming conference um, only a couple of weeks to get your tickets for that it's on the 10th of June you can buy tickets by going to ifb.org uk forward slash conference and it's open to IFB members and non-members. Um, are we going along? I'm really looking forward to the sessions that they've um, put on for us there so I hope to see as many of you there as possible. Also want to say thank you for everybody who has um, supported the show um, through the buy me a coffee link that is on the podcast website. It's effectively a way of, uh, in inverted commas, buying me a coffee for the content that I'm producing. So if you're enjoying what I'm doing with the show and you want to say thanks, there's a way of doing that via buy me a coffee. And the link is on the podcast website, which is fanbizpodcast.com forward slash support. Um, there's also other ways you can do that via um, iTunes ratings, which helps me get found by other people who might be looking for useful content. Or if there's people that you think would benefit from listening to this or any other episode of the show, please feel free to email, um, tweet, tag them, Facebook, whatever um, sort of mechanism you want to use for sharing it, please do share because uh, it makes uh, a lot of difference. So um, appreciate those that have done that already. 
Um, and without further ado, I'll pass over to the interview with Steph and Gareth. Um, there is a UK focus on this because I'm UK based, Gareth and Steph are UK based. But some of the stuff we talk about is applicable wherever you are. So um, there will obviously be local tax and uh, business rules that you would need to follow. But uh, whilst it has a UK focus, certainly worth a listen if you are anywhere else in the world. So enjoy the conversation. Well, hello and welcome to this week's show. I'm really happy this week to be joined by Gareth and Steph Buckley from the Insolvency Company. And we are going to be talking about uh, insolvency as a topic, but kind of um, demystifying it and breaking some of the myths and and, uh, misconceptions around that. Um, The point we're at in the sort of economic recovery following COVID is that Things like tax deferrals and bounce back loan payments and all that kind of stuff, furlough is ending. And so there might be some businesses who are worried about their uh, viability on an ongoing basis. And so I thought it'd be useful to speak to Gareth and Steph to get their expert views on it. So firstly, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having us. Um, Before we get into the detail, it'd be great for our audience to hear... Uh, how you came to be doing what you're doing today, how you met, how that kind of all started, um, and yeah, over to you to introduce yourselves. Oh, well, um, I'll introduce us. So, um, yeah, so Gareth and Steph, so husband and wife team. Uh, we've been together, or Gareth's better at this. How long have we been together? Ten years. <laughs> Ten years, four children, um, many house moves. Um, but we, so professionally, my background was in uh, business support. So one of my first jobs at university was working for Business Link. Um, and I've done a variety of roles, but generally working for SMEs and uh, supporting small businesses. And then I've also taught business, business studies. So I very much come from the kind of coaching and business support angle. Whereas when I met Gareth, he, well, he'll tell you about himself, but he um, is an insolvency practitioner. So uh, insolvency practitioners are qualified to sort of the highest level of, uh, in accountancy. It's like a specialist niche. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, t- the truth of it was we wanted to move um, Gareth's a northerner, I'm a southerner. Uh, with the children, we wanted to move down south. Um, and whereas there's a, a lot of insolvency businesses, especially around Manchester area where we were, especially personal insolvency, we wanted to move down and there wasn't the role that we needed um, for our family and for us. So we decided that we would set up in business together. It was kind of like the, the force that we needed. Our daughter at the time was, was not well. We needed to be close to family. So it, it gave us more of a push, I think. Rather than waiting for the right opportunity, we had to make the move. Mm. Um, but with that, with my background of, uh, I did a lot of um, business support uh, through government. And whilst it was very good, there was a lot of bureaucracy, a lot of paperwork. I'm more of a doer, wanted to get things done, um, but also having experienced financial difficulties myself, I wanted to, to help people. Um, so we thought, you know what, there seems like there is a place for a business that will help struggling businesses so um, and help with that advice and guidance 
when things aren't going so well. And so that's why we chose the name The Insolvency Company. It might seem kind of a bit harsh, um, straight to the point, but we didn't want to hide behind a name when what we wanted to talk about was if you know your businesses and difficulties have been solved. So if you if anyone looks at our, has a look at our logo, you'll see the highlight on there is the Solve Co, the middle, which is what we're about. You know, if you talk to us about your challenges and problems, we will we'll work to solve them with you and we'll talk about the variety of ways in a minute. Um, but that was how the insolvency company came about. Um, and sort of our purpose so it's being driven to help people and I think uh, when Gareth explains his journey uh, to becoming an insolvency practitioner and why he wanted to set up the business with me obviously he just wanted to couldn't get enough time with me so he wanted to spend a bit more time <laughs> both at home and the office uh, luckily we've got different skill sets different personalities as you'll, you'll probably pick up on now um, but we work really well together and I think that that will resonate with a lot of family businesses because you know the ones that work well together you bring in your different skills but also you do know each other through and through um, so it can obviously bring the good and the challenges so yeah. I'll let Gareth introduce the insolvency side. Yeah so, so I've, I've always worked in insolvency um, I think since 2002 was my when I first got a job in Manchester it was personal insolvency uh -huh. And I never knew it existed. It was like, you know, people could, that were in debt, say they owe £50,000, they could write off £30,000 and not lose their house. It, it sounded like an amazing thing to do. It was helping people. Um, and I loved being involved in it. It was great. And then as time went on, it, it turned into more of a, a factory, a production line, and it was less personal. And it was like, we, we stopped saying Mr. Smith or Mr. Jones or, you know, individual names, and it became numbers and it was very numbers driven and it was about how many people we could get into this particular solution and it, it lost focus on the original thing that I enjoyed which was helping people so I think I, I'd started to lose that joy of working with people to resolve their finances during that time I, I learned and qualified to be an insolvency practitioner so I got the experience, I got the knowledge and I got the, the license and yeah, when it came to the time to move it felt it felt the right time to set up on our own because you know we didn't want to do it that way. We didn't want to be that big corporation, uh -huh. and we wanted to be able to give the right kind of advice, not necessarily the most profitable advice to the business. And yeah, I think that's that's the real driver for us at the moment. Um, the current situation we're in at the moment now it is it is strange because there are so many more people that are struggling, that have never had to think of it before. All these businesses that were fantastically run, they were doing really well, and they're in the same boat as a lot of these other businesses that were struggling for years. Wow. So it's, you know, it's a unique situation, and I think that we, yeah, I think we understand a lot of the, a lot of the challenges that they are suffering. It's, well, I think that's you know one of our like the main vision. We thought you know we wanted to remove that stigma around business failure, and you know we often talk about the entrepreneurs whose businesses have, have failed or they personally been bankrupt, but then they've gone on to take that knowledge and that learning to to be more successful, to do better, to go on to greater things, and that was way before COVID that was what we our intention and then COVID hit and then suddenly all these businesses like Gareth said have never had to um, worry before or had to consider these things 
and perfectly, you know, fantastically profitable, successful businesses suddenly were, were facing crisis. And I think it, the, the positive that we can take from that is people are more understanding now. Um, and so there is, whilst, you know, there's always been the help out there and we've been, you know, we've always been more than happy. We, we pride ourselves on, um, you know, taking that kind of non-judgmental approach because you just don't know. Often people we work with it could be ill health or it's just those unforeseen things that you can you can plan as much as you want, but there are things that happen in life that you just don't know, you know. Um, and especially this year that, that have come along and taken businesses by surprise. And so one of us say that was our one of our main aims and I feel that that's happening. So there, there's not a stigma there now. You know, we're we can say to people, you know, hand on heart, come and come and talk to us, or talk to somebody, get some some advice, um, and you know, it it might just mean that your business goes on and does better. They're saying about you know the crisis crisis being catalyst for change. I've got that in my head because uh, there's a new book out, so keep an eye out for it. Cause it was a friend of ours that's written it. Uh -huh. um, but that's that's exactly it. That um, it may be that this, if you're going through something at the moment. You know, you haven't. You're not on top of the cash flow. You've got more going out. It feels like than than coming in. Um, that if you get some external advice, that possibly you know, this what what is it that you have opportunities that you haven't seen yet that are out there. Um, so that's kind of an overview of us. But I don't know if you want to talk about the the options. Yeah. Well, I think the one thing you did say there was that it's in the mainstream news now. People mm -hmm. sort of know what an insolvency practitioner does. And they've heard of the big stories like the big retail chains, Debenhams, etc. And they know they've heard the term administration from football clubs. But I guess it's they don't know the detail of when to go and speak to somebody or when to seek yeah. their help. I think that'd be a really good place to start in, you know, trying to demystify because it is it can seem a really scary word because yeah. you you know you see the stories that business has got to that point and administrators have been appointed and it kind of goes out of their control a little bit at, at that stage but we can cover the steps as to what to do prior to that to, to get a handle on, on what's going on but if we can start with kind of the absolute basic question in terms of at what point does a business become insolvent what is it and and how should businesses kind of um, spot the signs that they might be going down that route and, and heading into a bit of trouble Okay, yeah, no problem. So there are actually two types of insolvency, or two tests to prove that you're insolvent, I should say. One of them is a really simple one. It's that you owe more than you own, so your debts exceed your assets. Mm -hmm. So that's a really simple one. And a lot of businesses are, technically, you look at their balance sheet now, they're insolvent based on that. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't necessarily mean you have to do anything. It just That's a test to say that you can be insolvent. The other one is cash flow insolvency. So you know, you might have, you know, you might be sat on a building worth a million pounds, but if you've got a bill that's come in today and it's due today and you cannot pay it because you've got no cash in the bank, you're insolvent. Mm -hmm. So there's those two real basic definitions. It doesn't really mean too much to an individual business. I think for a business, when they say, I'm insolvent, it's more a case of, I'm struggling, I can't pay the bills. Mm -hmm. I think that's what people tend to mean when it's yeah. all insolvency. Uh, and the... The kind of emotional impact on that and that feeling of dread and you know that it, that it kind of goes to your pit of your stomach where you think oh this is this is bad that there's 
different ways that people can react to that and some people may put their head in the sand and go well I think everything's going to be okay and others will go it's an absolute disaster I can't kind of talk about this and, and relate to this in your experience what sort of approaches are uh, I hate the phrase best practice but what sort of approaches are recommended that businesses take in order to be realistic about where they are and what steps can they take in order to get to the point where they either know they need to pick up the phone and, and speak to you guys or whatever the other options are for, for them at that stage? Well, I'd say almost even before that, pick up the phone to us guys or someone because it's a business like ours, for example, we offer that free initial consultation and, and the reason for that is because it might just be a five, ten minute phone call that we ask a couple of questions which where we can say, right, what you need to do is just get clear on your current position. Yeah, you know, look at what have you got in the bank, what have you got coming in, um, you know, exactly that. Gareth said, you know, what assets have you got? When you've got really clear numbers, not because when we speak to people, we find they say, oh, I think it's about this, or I think it's about that, or I need to check, or I need to ask my accountant. Then that still that doesn't alleviate that worry from you know. So when you have the exact numbers down on paper that's a really good starting point both for yourself to see where you're at but also for us to be able to offer advice because it is more you know it's it's actually specific we know the numbers and we know with certainty because there are a lot of uncertainties and the future you've got that control but where you're currently at and those numbers give us such a good grounding from to base the advice on that we then will will give you and we're more than happy to have that conversation because it may be you say just because of our name, um, you know, see us more as that kind of business advisors. Because we were just saying this morning, you know, that having somebody else to talk to that refers you maybe to uh, somebody in your industry or somebody else to talk to um, that might offer an insight something that you hadn't looked at because like you said it does go to the pit of your stomach you do kind of contract in and you stop seeing the opportunities around you whereas most entrepreneurs they are you know they're used to seeing all the different opportunities creating the links and seeing the possibilities and when you're in debt or when you're in fear mode that kind of contracts in so just by speaking to somebody and opening up those channels of opportunity again you're starting to you know to, to really just say right actually what else is, is possible here but I mean from my perspective it's just really getting a good handle on the numbers so it, it's knowing where your business is at and the basics it's knowing how much you've got coming in this month and how much you, you're expecting to pay out okay. once you know that and you know what your pipeline is it's kind of like you, you have a good idea of where where you are and where you expect to go so for me it's either if you don't have those skills yourself because you're probably good at what you do you're probably not an accountant get a really good accountant, get a management accountant that's going to work with you to get those numbers mm. so that you know on a weekly basis, even a daily basis if you can, where you're up to. Yeah. And just take control. Mm. Burying your head in the sand is such a, a common thing that happens and we all do it. You know, when there's something that's stressful, we try and avoid it, don't we? Yeah. But if you can take some action 
and you get an idea of where you want to go, it's it's less stressful, it's less fearful because yeah. you know what the worst worst case scenario is and you can move away from that. And let you say, you know, getting your accountant to pre prepare the numbers and things for you, it, it gives you that slight distance between you and the problem as well. So it might just give you that little bit of time and maybe it's not as bad as you think. Mm. Um, and I think that really, you know, it does help, doesn't it? So I think some of the favourite calls that I take so when I'm speaking to businesses are the ones where I get to say at the end, look, Yes, you've had a tough time, but actually all these steps that you just told me you're taking are exactly what I would do. You're doing everything correctly, just stick with it. And they go off the phone, they're kind of empowered by that. Yeah. And it's great because, you know, not everyone is in control of every variable in a business. All you can do is control the things that you know about. Yeah, yeah I mean, we had some, someone recently who rang up and we just said, actually, you know, have you taken a bounce back loan? They said, well, no, I didn't want to. Well, you're struggling. If you take this, you see, we've, you know, you're showing us this forecast. You just need to get through these next three months, and the bounce back loan is exactly what that's for. Mm. You know, then there was someone else who rang me and said that, you know, yes, you've got all these problems, which is kind of, you know, the focus, but your business itself has a huge value, and that they're like, oh, I hadn't thought of it like that. You say, well, yes, you know. So again, if you can get through this period of time, then you could sell the business, you know, as well, if that's what this particular individual wanted. To, to get out of it was just like right I've had enough I need to get out I want to close it today yeah. it's like well hold on a minute you know there's a million pound asset you've got there yeah. if you can just we can help you through this period um, and that you know it wasn't just us we brought in other people to help that to facilitate that mm -hmm. um, but one of the other things I'd say is get really clear on so we would need to know, you know are you a sole trader are you a limited company um, things like number of employees um, Gareth would talk about things like personal guarantees yeah, I think where people are struggling, it tends to show a lot of the uncertainty. So people, for example, don't even know that they've signed up to a personal guarantee. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, a personal guarantee is simply that you, as an individual, have agreed to pay the company's debts if the company can't, can't do it. Right. But a lot of people aren't aware if they've got personal guarantees. The number of people I speak to and, and I say that, that that type of loan is typically guaranteed, oh, don't, I don't know. Right. And that would make a massive difference to the type of advice I give them because it could put them, if the business closes, they could be at personal risk of bankruptcy. Yeah. So it's getting a handle on the contracts that you've got as well and really getting that big, that overall picture of what the business stands, where the business stands, mm -hmm. what it owes and who is responsible for those debts. Yeah, and I think something that's um, really important in that and what we've been talking about, about potentially burying heads in sand, the facts are the facts, right? So the, so the business is where the business is. Yeah. Whether you bury your head in the sand or whether you actually go through the process of really understanding where everything is, the likelihood is that if you go through where everything is, where your cash flow is, you know, getting that really good understanding of your numbers, the likelihood is that you're then in a far better position, both as the client and you as the advisors, to be able to go, well, actually, these are some of the things that you could look at first before that kind of final um, outcome that, that you're perhaps thinking is going to be the case if you're you're ringing up and speaking to you guys. Yeah, I mean, one of the first things that we'll ask when people ring up is like, well, what, what do you want? Do you actually want to close the business? Yeah. Or do you, you know, actually, you're, you know, actually this is really difficult for you and you want to be running this for the next 10, 20 years because... That will, like you say, will change sort of the advice that we give you. Um, and you're probably thinking, well, I don't know, because yes, I've got a £100,000 bill that I owe right now, so how do you expect me to, to pay that? Well, actually, there may be solutions out there 
But until you speak to somebody who knows this is their industry, this is what they do, then you're not going to find them out. You might, like we found a lot recently where people have been through this, or maybe they've personally um, been bankrupt. So it's like, it's different from when the business goes into liquidation. So when an individual's bankrupt and they say, oh yes, I've been through that process, so I can give you some advice. And there's a lot of social media and things where there's advice. And, and I find that difficult to read because I feel, I feel sad for those businesses that are already in a difficult position and they're being advised by well-meaning people who've been through a similar situation. But similar's not the same. Mm. And that is why that you know you do go and speak to a, a specialist. And it, I think one of the fears that people have is, one, it will cost me a lot of money. Well, straight away, there's loads of regulated insolvency professionals who will offer free advice, so you can talk to them. And the second is, well, if they then know they're going to tell the bank or, you know, they're going to basically, everything's going to freeze and so on. So, no, it, it's, it's confidential, it's informal, and it will just give you a picture of where you're at and what your options are. And exactly like you say, then you can and start to plan or, or make a decision. And that then allows you to plan your next steps with with all the information and not just something that you've picked up off the of the of social media just because that's a, a big thing I've yeah. seen this last year an, an interesting stats from the people that we speak to so I would say about 70% maybe even touching 80 don't end up liquidating their business closing their business got it so two out of ten yes it's like that's the best thing for them and you know they're often relieved to do that because it's the only option left. They've either left it too late or it was unavoidable, okay. beyond their control. But the other seventy percent, they've got other options, and they can try to rescue the business in different ways. It might be a totally informal option. It might be you know they just go in a new, you know they pivot the business, go in a new direction there. But yeah, there's a huge number of people that speak to IPs that don't end up closing their business. Yeah, and I think that's a really important message to get across as well because it can feel again if if you're in that position that your options are very limited because a lot of the time they can think, well, I could do this, but that's going to require some cash and I haven't got any cash or I'm going to need to do that, but actually how am I going to speak to the people I owe money to already and how are they going to understand that if I'm moving away from making widgets into doing something completely different, how's that going to affect the relationships I have with the people I owe, owe money with as well? But the point is that there are people who have done that and have done that before now and therefore there are real life examples that can be called upon to say those options are available to you and you do probably have more control over the outcome than perhaps people think because I think part of the scary element of it as well is that loss of control where it gets taken out of people's hands and it's kind of I, people don't want to relinquish that and therefore if, if we bury our heads or if we don't talk about it we don't bring that elephant in the room up then I don't lose that control. But well, that, that's when it tends to go wrong. And that, interestingly, is uh, probably the easiest one to, to show that is with, say, personal insolvency. So if you personally don't pay your credit card and you can, just in simple terms, you've got the option to ring up and talk to um, the credit card company. Now, if you use an insolvency practitioner, they then deal with that on your behalf. So straight away that stress has gone because you don't, when the you know credit card company rings, you don't have to deal with them. You can pass it straight to the insolvency practitioner who will deal with it. 
I think with personal as well, that's what's different between business and personal debts. In, pers in the personal world, there are so many great charities out there as well. Mm. You know, Systems Advice Bureau have certain resources, Step Change, Debt Charity, so you, can, you know it's free, it's a charity and it's trusting. Mm -hmm. In business, we don't really have charity support, so people do rely on their accountants, other finance professionals, insolvency practitioners, people like that to get that help and advice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely, there's, there's a lot more support out there for individuals. Yeah. I'll say before we share a case study, was thinking the in the personal because yes, you haven't paid your credit card, you have the option to speak to somebody or you could use an insolvency practitioner. But the next thing, if you bury your head in the sand, you have bailiffs knocking at your door and your neighbours know and mm. everybody knows. And actually that then is, is a really awful situation for anyone to be in. And yeah. we deal with um, bailiffs for people on, you know, sometimes. And, and it, it's, it's, it, it's very upsetting. And that's what I want to say, that kind of, and that's the difference between taking some action and talking to somebody or just hoping it will go away because it might but there's more chance that you're going to end up in that fin like final situation that you really didn't want to be mm. and i think in terms of where we are now with the end of the lockdown there are a lot of kind of built up debts or problems that are looming that businesses are going to have to face mm -hmm. i think you touched on them earlier rush you mentioned things like you know the bounce back loans are going to start being repaid in the next couple of months yep. you've got the vat deferral scheme so businesses are going to have to repay not only pay the vat on a quarterly basis, but pay the VAT over the last 12 months back. And yeah. I think they've got between 2 and 11 months to pay all this extra VAT. And when they may have halved, you know, halved their turnover this year, mm. so it, where are they going to find the cash? So it's a lot of these issues are really cash flow issues. Mm. It's where we find the cash to pay these bills. Yeah, I think they, you know, there probably will be more government support. And like I think now that the economy is opening up again, there'll be new opportunities, um, you know, I think I know somebody that moved into making face masks and you know stuff very you know so there if you with the right mindset there's always opportunities mm. um, and so I think just if people are listening today I want them to think it's okay there will be a way out of this you know it may or may not look the way you think mm -hmm. however you know talk to somebody and then let's let's look at where you want to be and what opportunities there are out there mm. and i think that's where the ongoing advice so we had we have a business mentor um that we spoke to this morning and just it's amazing the difference that it makes for our mindset just reminding us of the tools and techniques sometimes when you know I was just so busy yesterday and I felt like I you know, wasn't, I was, my to-do list was getting longer rather than completing anything. And that's like a standard business owner, you know, plus the children and then you've got the school run. And actually it's like, how am I going to get on top of all this? And just speaking to my mentor this morning, you know, reminded me some of the tools and techniques that I've used in the past that rather than, um, because, you know, being a family business ourselves, you know, I normally, especially again with COVID, I've been talking to family a lot more, you know, I haven't had those normal um, other interactions with other businesses or entrepreneurs like I used to, where it's kind of, again, that expanding your mindset and thoughts. And so just having that um, external person mm. to keep us on track as well has been really valuable and has really helped us to, to refine our business offer and to grow our business. So it's, it's sort of slightly um, aside from insolvency, but actually the flip side of insolvency is, is growth and success. Mm -hmm. And we, Gareth and I, you know, say when we set up the business, we really want to make a difference. We want to see businesses thrive. 
and where they can't then yes we have the skills to help to, to close if that's the requirement yeah. but that's not our intention our intention is, is to use our knowledge and skills to, to help you do the opposite really mm. um, well one of the things you mentioned um, a little earlier on as well Steph is that um, one of the questions you ask is what what do you actually want to do and, and I imagine with some of the family businesses that I've worked with and that I've spoken to um, around this and, and um, a couple where they have been facing the, the sort of challenges where um, cash flow and insolvency is, is a potential option. Some feel as if it's a bit of a relief that, and it might sound strange saying that, that it's a relief that the business isn't going to be something that is constantly occupying their mind and um, that they're not deriving any happiness from running that business and therefore actually the best thing for it to do is to either change hands or to, to close down whatever the, the option is. But having that understanding of actually what is it you want to happen, again, firstly gives a little bit more control back to that person. Yeah. So that it becomes their choice and they can explore the options around what to do. But also it doesn't mean it's the end of the road if the business does close or go into to liquidation because it could free you to go and do what you really want to do with your life. And a lot of time, I think, from a family business perspective, there can be this additional pressure that you're kind of letting the family down. It's the family name above the door. It's kind of that feeling of, you know, I don't want to be the one that, that causes this business to, to go uh, insolvent or, or to close down. But explore your options and understand what it is you want to get out of life and then see what role the business plays in that and then start talking around what the options are, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I guess, if, well, if maybe perhaps the, what it is actually just the thought of doing something different, of moving on, kind of brings you that joy of, you know, why you went into it in the first place. Well, maybe it's a, a case that we can help you to, or, you know, to facilitate the business to to innovate, to change, to grow, and then to sell the business. But it doesn't mean you have to, you know, follow that, the negative path. There's still those options. I think, yeah, so I have a, I have a good example, actually, of a business we dealt with about two years ago. They they were struggling for cash flow. It was, it was a large business, lots of staff. And the directors were basically spending all of their time chasing where they're going to get funds to pay the next bill, managing HR. It wasn't what they got in the business to do. Uh-huh. And when we asked them that question, like, what do you want to achieve? The answer was they just wanted to get back to enjoying running the business and you know being able to survive, have a living. Uh-huh. And the, the solution ended up being that they closed that business, they set up another very similar business, but on a different scale. It was a lot smaller, it was a lot more niche, it focused on the areas of business that they really enjoyed, uh-huh. and it ended up being more profitable. So. Yes, there was a business failure there, but it, I see that more as a, a pivot. Mm-hmm. They changed direction. They focused on what they what they originally got into the business to achieve, what they enjoyed, and they they appear to be much happier and successful now. Yeah, I think that's a good example. And also, the in sort of family business uh, world, there is this stick that is used to beat family businesses about success is defined by your ability to pass the business in its current state from one generation to another and actually circumstances like cash flow and perhaps a business model being impacted by the way people are going to behave going forward 
could be an opportunity for the next generation within that business to, to pivot and to go actually we can utilize the experience we have with this business making I always use widgets as an example it's a cliche isn't it <laughs> but we're making widgets into doing something far more creative that's something that we want to do as, as the next generation so we can use that it doesn't have to be in this constant vessel of effectively a legal construct that is created by you know the the outside world and that's i think the great thing of a family business it's like say so you've got all that you've got the support and the history and the knowledge and the skills but actually you as the next generation can be the innovators that take it forward to make it something you know, how could this be even greater than it was um, and again it's just that you know mindset that's what i, I come back to all the time it's just i feel like if from the experience from the businesses we've seen, when we can get the head out of the hand, make a plan that actually um, that's what it is with the right mindset, we can we can make a plan and we can do anything. So that it just comes to to coming and talking to us. And so it's the story of the fisherman who in the morning gets up early and goes out fishing and he gets his fish, brings it back, sells it at the market and then by the afternoon he sits on the beach and in my head he's having a beer in the sun, um, enjoying, you know, the sunset. Perfect. And then, you know, some other people who are business minded come along and say, you know, you want to get some staff and get some more boats and um, he's like, well, why would I want to do that? Well, then, you know, you can have all these people catching fish and then, um, you can be making more money and you know he said well why would I want to be doing that you know me well then you could you know just sit on the beach and sort of relax and say well that's what I do already as yeah. in so I can spend all my time managing the staff buying them more boats repairing all the boats making sure that everyone's you know doing what they're supposed to do so that I can spend my afternoons and actually sometimes we see you know six well how what's your definition of success is it having a big business or is it for us like having we want a business that helps people and we want to be able to spend quality time with our family mm. and we're not don't want to be defined by the size and that's individual to each business I'm sure for us you, you know the businesses that you advise and support is individual to you and to them yeah and that's where when we can offer advice and you can find you know the information on the internet the different insolvency solutions and um, technical advice but in reality we want to talk to you as a, a person a human what what do you want out of life mm. because now is a really good time to shape that because yeah. the world has changed a lot yeah you know things we took for granted even the nine to five like you know we've moved out of the town because we can work from home and it's more socially acceptable and you know when my toddler comes and gets on the zoom call and um, people don't seem to you know it's not <laughs> don't question my or our ability as professionals and the world is changing so Please. again it's that seeing the this is an opportunity um for for growth or for change um and so you know i hope that sort of helps to inspire some some other family businesses out there yeah and I, th it, I tend to get on my um my pedestal my soapbox a little bit around this topic because i'm a very strong believer i think you, you share the same same views is that life isn't a rehearsal right so we can't go oh well i'll stick doing this i'm unhappy i'm feeling you know oppressed by the business and the financial situation and stressed and all this kind of stuff that's going along with it 
I'll come back next time and I'll do something different, I'll do it much better next time. It, it's the realisation that none of us are leaving here alive mm -hmm. and therefore we need to make the most of the opportunities that we've got. And I see it again in, in family businesses where people are defined by the family business rather than having their own identity and their own um, kind of um, ambitions realised because they feel as though, well, I've got to fit into this role within uh, the family business. And using that as an enabler rather than as the be all and end all can actually often lead to far happier lives. And we mentioned before we started recording today, you can always create another business, but you can't create another family. Yeah. And therefore it's understanding what's really important in life and what makes us tick and doing what we can to maximize that, I think is sort of a, an add on to what you were saying there, Stefan. Okay. I think I, I see it a lot in family businesses where people feel trapped by the situation. Yeah, they're perfectly, perfectly explained. And it doesn't mean that Perhaps the, the, that is coming from the fact that there are stresses and strains at the moment. So it doesn't mean, you know, we're not saying that actually some family businesses, you know, will go on and, and still be really successful. It's, yeah. just, it's just getting a, a clearer mm -hmm. picture. And, and the other thing is that a lot of people think that when you close a business, if a business fails and goes into liquidation, that's it. Mm -hmm. I'm done. I can't run another business. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's not the case. You can, run a, you can run two businesses side by side. You can run another business tomorrow. It doesn't stop you going ahead, taking those lessons learned from the previous company and going off and being successful again. Mm -hmm. So there's no, there's no pressure to uh, prevent that happening. Yeah, and I think that that's a good point to, to dig a bit deeper on, actually, is in terms of the perhaps a misconception, but it, it might be true in certain circumstances, but that if you become insolvent, either as a business or as an individual, that's it, everything is gone. Like everything you've ever worked for is lost. And that feeling again of, what am I doing? Because if I admit to this now, everything's gonna come falling down around me. C can you speak to that a little bit in terms of, just because the business may not be viable doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to lose your house and your other possessions and, and all that kind of stuff and yeah. run us through that a bit. Yeah. So first of all, if it's a limited company, that means it's limited liability. So the individuals, the directors, the shareholders are not liable for the business's debts. And a lot of people think when they took out a bounce back loan in the company name, well, I've got to pay that back personally. No, there's no personal guarantee there. There's no requirement. If the business doesn't pay that debt, they can't knock on your door and ask you to personally pay it. And it's once you know that and you see, it, I, I always look at a business as, a, as an, a living person, a living individual, so you're taking care of, that, like a child maybe, you're taking care of that child, you're responsible for making sure it gets fed and watered, but you are not that child. So if, mm -hmm. if that business can no longer continue, the debts don't automatically fall on you. Got the it. only time they do is, well there are a couple of different scenarios, one is if you've agreed to back up the debts or personally guaranteed them, mm -hmm. usually things like bank overdrafts, things like that, um, you would be personally liable for. But again, you should specify that in the contract, so it's always worth looking at your contract and checking. Mm -hmm. And the other time is if you've done something that maybe wasn't within the rules. So you got your bounce back loan in the business, £50,000, and you took £50,000 out and paid it into your personal account. Mm -hmm. If that business closes, you're going to have to pay that money back. Yeah. So it's knowing that, but it, and again, people worry about that and they don't seek advice because of that. But speak to somebody, find out well, what is the situation, what is the consequence of this business closing? What you know, what how will it affect me? 
knowing helps you to decide what to do. Yeah. And it um, might give you that extra impetus not to let business close. Well, you also, you know, with the personal guarantee, if you have got a personal guarantee that you know that you're going to have to pay, then it might be, rather than losing house, you know, that you can talk to us and you can enter into a personal debt solution to manage that, to repay that over a period of time. It doesn't mean you have to lose everything unless you leave it and then you, like you say, you've not got the control and you're not taking ownership, then other people will take action against you. So you preparing, putting things in place, um, and then that gives you a far better opportunity to, like you say, not allow everything to come crashing down, to maintain the parts or the, the things that you need to keep. So if you want to keep the home that you, you know, your family home, um, and that's important to you, but you do have a personal guarantee, then that's what we would take into consideration and look into, and, and, and there's you know, ways and means. Um, and that's, again, where just having a, the clearer understanding, because a lot of people don't realise they've got these personal guarantees until they check paperwork. And that's the same as if you're struggling, you're thinking, I'm going to go and get a loan or get some finance. Then before you sign that, get talk it through with somebody else to make sure because of course um, the banks want people to personally guarantee things mm. now because they have seen um, and so it's just trying to find that balance I think and yeah if you are going to enter into a personal guarantee now make sure you've done your homework you've looked at your cash flow and you can see that you've got a good chance of the mm. business being able to repay it mm. otherwise don't do it yeah. because you're going to put turn a business debt into a personal one and is there any sort of government support out there that could help you or you know grants if you looking at so things like the innovation funds and, and there's different grants for different industries that might you know yes you probably you need to demonstrate that the business is going well but if you've got a lot of family knowledge the history the experience then especially now um I don't want to say the word Brexit, but you know that actually there is a lot of uh, UK funding for businesses that we might, you know, you might want to explore mm -hmm. that could help help your business. Um, so again, it, it's seeing those opportunities that are out there. Yeah. So sorry, yeah, I said the B word. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it's a, um, a, a a good thing to add in because not only are we hopefully emerging from a global pandemic where we've had an incredible 14 months of uncertainty and impacts on businesses that probably no business would have really planned for. I mean, if there is somebody who in their contingency plan has a global pandemic, fair play to them for, for having it in, in a contingency plan. But that's combined against what is happening in a normal economic kind of cycle anyway, with Brexit happening um, as well. There's all these different sorts of challenges that, that are happening. And I think if people are listening to this and going, well, actually, our business is, is okay. We've got good cash flow. We've got good understanding of, of where we are. Still having those discussions around, well, let's check whether we've got any personal guarantees let's check whether we've got sufficient to cover cash flow if something either like this or something completely unexpected comes along again having that as a sense check now is a good step forward as well right yeah so that's you know even this week you know, we, we were revisiting what we call it we have like a risk register risk log especially in an industry that we're in it's very highly regulated we're regularly audited um, to make sure that we maintain our professional standards and part of that is actually yeah they're, they're checking our risk register and I think those are the sort of things that sometimes in a business you think oh yeah I'll, I'll do that next week I'll do that next week 
great that we're audited because it means that we have to keep on top of it and actually it does it does help because it does focus the mind and yes you know you're thinking well that those risks are things that may or may not happen but isn't that the reality of the world like none of us who are sat here now could have foreseen really the last two years of what's happened and the next two years are also unwritten yep. so it's for me it's not so much a risk they're kind of are there any issues that are currently around do we are there some potential things and how likely is that but if that was to happen i always we the way we work it is we look at well you know how much how long could we continue if we had no income coming in mm -hmm. something happened and would our existing clients could we serve them you know to the standard that's required uh, and things like that and i think it's just all it is again it, it's taking the time to plan because it gives you that peace of mind and that confidence because you don't know. I mean, two of the main ones that we, um, so I don't know if you looked at the government statistics, but you'll see that at the moment there's been almost like a bottleneck. So normally every month you have an average number of businesses that seek the services and insolvency professional. And during the pandemic, actually that's really reduced mm -hmm. because there's been the government support because there's been furlough businesses that may have been looking to close or need to then continue so they've kind of been artificially propped up mm -hmm. so what the the, the thinking is, or predicting is that when this government support is removed there will be a sudden increase in businesses because there'll be the ones that would normally if you just look at the graph kind of statistically but then there's also those that were artificially propped up mm -hmm. now the hope is that some of those will also innovated in that time got another lifeline and continue but there is that to, to consider can I jump in there? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so that's help. we were talking about looking forward yeah, and and doing this, yeah, the risk register, looking at doing the health check of the mm -hmm. business because it helps drive those decisions as well. I mean, one of the things that I often see is that people, directors, take loans. That's a common way of doing it, isn't it? So you'll pay yourself a tax efficient salary and you'll, you'll take, say, whatever the figure, say it's a couple of grand a month out of the business. And at the end of the year, you turn that into a dividend. Mm -hmm. That's great. In normal times, the business has made profit, that's great but we're not in normal times. And what if the business doesn't make a profit at the end of the year? You now owe that company money. There's, yep. you know, there are tax consequences. If the business needs to close, you've got to pay it back. Mm. So it's, if you've done that risk register, if you've looked at you know, the next 12 months, you might say, oh, it's, not, you know, it's uncertain whether we're going to make a profit. So do you know what? I'm gonna pay myself a salary, mm -hmm. a PAYE, a fair, reasonable salary. I, know, I no longer owe the company money. It, it's gonna be a little less tax efficient, mm -hmm. but it's safe. Yeah, and they're the kind of things that you know, just by taking you know taking time to look at where you expect to be in the next six to twelve months, you can minimise that risk and that personal liability. And sometimes for family businesses, you don't see yourself as like the entity that you are, so you mm. are used to just paying sort of you know the, the dividends and things. But I think we have seen again this year that that actually, like you've said, it's not rehearsal. Reward yourself as you go along, celebrate the successes, mm -hmm. um, and you know, and try to enjoy it. And I just need to say because that's twice now that I've lost my train of thought but I have got a teething toddler I think I had about four hours sleep last night so again it's like the reality isn't it so actually that's one of like the risk risk if, if, if you know the ch one of the children are poorly and we're not work that day you know who have we got somebody to you know um, to have we got a team who's sufficiently trained to continue the business and those are all just you know it is just planning and it is textbook mm -hmm. it, I think a lot of what we you know see is, is going back to textbooks and doing things running the business 
slightly less emotionally because when you're family it's much more I think emotional mm -hmm. than, but less emotionally going back to textbooks and following the steps and the actions to, mm -hmm. to keep things keep things running yeah I agree and one of the points that um, uh, example I've had of <clears throat> a business where they thought that they were in more debt than they were because the amount of support that they've had from the government in form in the form of grants they had assumed would need to be paid back or vice versa where they've received loans where they treating it as a grant so getting that grip and that understanding of exactly where you are exactly what you know the next 12 months hopefully will look like with any degree of certainty whatever that looks like at, at the moment as well I think again is a really valuable um, aspect to, to take on yeah and just I think you know people really want to help like most people that we speak to did not expect to get into the situation that they're in they're good honest hard-working people and you know they want to, to find a solution um, and so I think just be be kind to yourself um, you know with especially with family businesses um, that hope that the the next like you say the next 12 months actually turn out to be uh, even better than yeah. we could have hoped for really Let's for everybody so. yeah fantastic well thank you both very much for your time and expertise today it's been great to hear um, how you guys operate and that, that you know you're on the end of a phone or an email for um, people as and when they um, need you with, with that in mind what's the best way for people to get in touch if they do want to um, either pick up the phone or email um, phone email websites but yeah we just have a, a local number um, that you find on our website but there's normally someone to answer but as I say and the email we, we tend to mix it up and it could be any time of the day or night like I say you know doesn't uh, we're not quite so bound by the 9 to 5 now uh -huh. so um, but we're here um, and we know sometimes when the the stress mode button hits it's not always a <laughs> 10.30 in the morning over yeah. the morning coffee. So. It's those 3am moments. Yeah, well, I don't know, I might be pushing, <laughs> although I probably will be awake, so yeah, just send an email. You'll, I expect you'll probably get an instant well, what, response. One of the bits of feedback I've received on, on the podcast is it's great for helping people to, to fall asleep, but I'm, I don't know whether to <laughs> ever take that as a compliment or not, but if you're up and you're stressed about it, listen to the podcast, fall back to sleep and get in touch in the morning. <laughs> but thank you very much, guys, and uh, we'll put links to your website and contact details details in the show notes so people can get in touch uh, and uh, look forward to speaking to you again soon thanks Russ. thank you Russ. thanks for listening i really do appreciate it if you found the show helpful please consider leaving a review on itunes and remember to subscribe to our newsletter if what i've covered in the show resonates with what you are facing in your own family business i can help I provide consultancy support to family businesses of all sizes, so please get in touch if you'd like to know more. Head over to fanbizpodcast.com forward slash work with Russ. Until next time, take care.